Hashtag dear listeners, we are the Coda, and you are listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Ruffin Show! And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Ruffin Show. Welcome back to the whole Rapid show, the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. Thank you for joining us today for episode 124. My name is Darren Beasley. And I am the incredible badass Perry Smith. What? You can't say that. <laughs> hey, 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 you, hey, you can't say that. Fine. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the above average badass uh, Perry Smith. <laughs> was it above average Mike Sanders? Was that the the guy that was uh, in WCW right there at the end? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty brilliant. Pretty brilliant. Well, uh, welcome to episode one twenty four, Perry. Thank you. Thank you for having me on my show. I appreciate that. Good to be here. <laughs> and thank you for joining us, dear listeners. Uh, it's going to be a fun show today. It is in the realm of wrestle news and wrestle views. This is this is where it's at. That's all we got this week. Uh, we're not we're not running down any cards. We're not interviewing any illustrious guests. No, we are <laughs> rub it in. Say rub it in. You're gonna have to give them a reason to look forward to the episode, Darren. No, that's what they. We are giving you wrestle news. Sure, and we are damn sure giving you some wrestle views um, because this week is wide open to critique, criticism, and interpretation, and you know that Perry and I are ready to give that to all of you. Stick it in your ear holes. And, uh, yeah, it's we got to talk about um, the WrestleMania weekend, the WrestleMania week, the WrestleMania two weeks. It's growing. It's thinking. And uh, we, we promised that last week when we stuck to just talking about the cards for TakeOver New York and WrestleMania 35, that we would talk a little bit more about stuff that went on that weekend, like the Hall of Fame. Like uh, the old G1 Supercard over at Madison Square Garden. Uh, and then, of course, it's WrestleMania time. So once you've got WrestleMania in the books, you know people are arriving and departing. In addition to that, they've already had the Superstar shakeup, And that means that at least internally, in the kayfabe world, people are arriving and departing as well. So that is a lot of news. We got to talk about. We're going to talk about so many names. You're going to hear a lot of names today, and um, it's basically these names and these destinations uh, are going to be the things that define this next year of wrestling. We're going to see who ends up where and what the potential for them is in those new places. And then, of course, as always, anytime we present answers, we definitely are presenting new questions because we don't know where everybody's going. We don't know how severely people are injured. We don't know when all the contracts expire. So as many questions as we are going to answer today, we're going to raise a few more. But uh, before we get to that, Perry, I'm pretty sure we got to handle... Headlines. Hey, Perry. Hey, Darren. 
It's going to be a long time before we get to do this again, so can I ask you a favor? Well, it's been a long time since we rock and rolled, but yes. It... <laughs> um, it's going to be probably 340-something days before we can do this again, so I'm going to ask you one more time. Let's go to the Hoff. Let's go to the Hoff. Let's go to the Hoff, oh, baby. Whee! Yay! You know, dear listeners, we did not talk about the WWE Hall of Fame uh, with any great length or any dissection whatsoever last week, and so we're going to take that time to do it right now. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but there is, of course, one event I know you are aching to hear our opinions on. But before we get to uh, the attack on Bret Hart, um, let's talk a little bit more about the Hall of Fame. First of all, did you ever suspect the Honky Tonk Man was going to come out looking like it was 30 years ago? No, not at all. He still looks very good for his age, I must say. Um, well, I mean, he, he never looked great, right? <laughs> the, problem, the problem with the Honky Tonk Man is he always looked like the Honky Tonk Man. Right, which, you know, I guess he's laughing last because uh, he still looks the way he did 30 years ago, which... Uh, I guess the joke's on us. Old Honky Tonk uh, discovered the fountain of youth. But he only took a sip. He didn't drink an entire <laughs> cup full. Um, he just took a little bit. You know, my favorite thing about it was uh, that it, it showed me that he gives a damn. And the reason I put it that way is because he has become one of the most laughable landmarks at WrestleCon each year. And he's typically wearing these hideous uh like uh, tiger striped like pittsburgh panther jammer pants and like flip-flops and you know he's always kept his hair in that style but it has long since grayed so i gotta hand it to the honky-tonk man that he man he put a slick new coat of black lacquer on that elvis <laughs> presley haircut and he put on the very best Honky Tonk Man outfit. Uh, and, you know, he's a little bit rounder in the mid but hell, it's, like I said, it's been 30 years. I thought he looked great, and I thought his speech was equal parts um, remarkably humble where it needed to be, and uh, also uh, entertaining, uh, without being too long and uh, without getting, um, you know, too self-aggrandizing if you will so that was pretty fun sure honky tonk man's never been uh, at a loss for words there's a lot of shoot interviews uh with him on youtube where he has a lot of negative things to say about pretty much everybody um so i was i was curious as to, as to which honky tonk man you know we would get but i think a lot of people kind of like you know they, they kind of <laughs> they kind of edit themselves whenever they do the uh, the Hall of Fame uh, induction speech. So good for Honky Tonk Man for keeping it civilized. Yeah. Tori Wilson now was one of the biggest surprises to me. She came out like Oscar speech ready. Uh, like she had a she had a theme, like she'd written like a five paragraph theme and uh more like a 25-paragraph name. <laughs> sure, but speaking of uh, Tori Wilson, there's Stacey Keebler. You, uh, you, you've mentioned to me many times before, we're Stacey Keebler. Why don't they mention her? And it's true, they never mention her. But uh, at least uh, she is alive and well. Post-George Clooney, there is life after all. 
<laughs> Apparently there is. Yeah. Uh, unless you're Noah Wiley. Um, Ooh. <laughs> then, then you get stuck doing a TNT show. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was totally thrilled to see Stacey Keebler in a totally non-chauvinistic, non-sexual way. It was just my love of wrestling and my love of wrestling lore that they didn't let her completely disappear. If for one night only, they made that connection. And of course, if there's one night of the year WWE is going to do it, it's this night where they allow uh, <laughs> Stacey Keebler to appear. They allow the Honky Tonk Man an open mic. They uh, let Tori Wilson mention Billy Kidman uh, at great length. Not only mention him, but talk about being his ex-wife. And... Um, you know, I thought that uh, Tori Wilson's um, speech was really great, and it was uh, it was equal parts touching. There I go with the equal parts again. I thought that was I didn't realize that her father had died the day before or two days before. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember reading about that. That's that's horrible, uh, obviously. But uh, I mean, she soldiered on, and she she made it to uh, the induction. And all that stuff, so good on her. No, she had a great speech, and um, she made a joke about, like, uh, responsible for a lot of uh, a lot of young boys' puberty. Uh, apparently, it's, yes. <laughs> it's something she hears a lot from uh, her male fans. And, uh, sure, I, I always thought Tori Wilson was very attractive, sure. Um, I guess when I saw her, I would have been late teens, uh, maybe? I don't remember exactly the time frame. It's kind of, it gets all muddled up after, you know, decades of watching wrestling, but... Uh, no, Tori Wilson uh, made the WCW to WWF transition. Uh, some folks were not so lucky, and uh, we've talked about that. We talked about we talked about this when we mentioned she was going in. Like people forget, she had a fairly long WCW career uh, before transitioning, and she became a face for WWF as well. So uh, good for her. And you know, I know you hate her, Darren, uh, but. Uh, what? And that's what it feels what? like. And that's what it feels like, Darren, when you throw in a. Well, I know you hate them, um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's clarify. I do not hate Tori Wilson. Sure, keep telling yourself that, Darren. Okay. Oh my God. Anyway, uh, so no, welcome to the Hoff, Tori Wilson. It would mean more if it were a physical thing uh, that I could go to and 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 look at the Tori Wilson plaque on the wall or whatever the Hoff is. Um, but it, it needs to be a, a physical place. It, it could be a new WWE grill or whatever the fuck it was called. The the WWE restaurant or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah. WWF New York, right? Yeah. Uh, the world? Sure, sure. I, I love how Vince McMahon always gives the most grandiose possible names to everything he does. <laughs> Look. W, the, the WWF The World, the WWE Universe. It's like, really? Yeah. Uh, okay, so we also had Harlem Heat, which um, Stevie Ray acted like he was pissed the whole time. It's very typical Stevie Ray. Um, he, <laughs> I, I, I think that's just his demeanor um, because he, he looks like he's always furious, but... It doesn't necessarily mean that he is furious. You can tell he was he was genuinely happy to be there. Um, I, I know Stevie Ray has his own podcast that he does with some other guy. Um, I don't know if that's still going on or not, but at least he did for a while. And I remember 
I saw a clip on 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 the internet where Stevie Ray was like chewing the guy out that he was with because the guy, his co-host, looked like he wasn't taking the whole thing seriously. Uh, like he had like a like a drink in his hand, and Stevie Ray was just like. Like, you come in here with your drink, you're not professional, and all this stuff. And it's just like, and Stevie Ray was right, by the way. Stevie Ray was totally right. His co-hosts look like a complete douchebag. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I think Stevie Ray... Oh, no, he's, Darren's got a drink. Um, but anyway, um, no, I think Stevie Ray just is a very serious person. But don't take that as, like, he, you know, un- ungrateful. That, that, that's not accurate. I don't think so. Um, I was. I'm very happy to, that Harlem Heat is in the WWE Hall of Fame, but I will say, because Booker T went into the Hall of Fame so recently and was inducted by Stevie Ray, this almost seemed redundant. Sure, because it was like it was almost exactly like it was a couple years ago. It was like, all right, Stevie Ray speaks, Booker T speaks. Okay, now then you know. It's not like Booker T didn't talk about Harlem Heat in his solo induction. So it just seemed redundant. I'm happy that it happened. I wasn't necessarily entertained by the the speech. Sure. You know, and I'm I'm a big fan. It just it really seemed deja vu. It seemed unnecessary. So that was a low point to be perfectly honest, even as much as I like uh, I like Harlem Heat and Booker T in particularly. Okay, the Hart Foundation. Uh, actually, let's just say that. Let's, let's just save that for last, real quickly. Uh, real quickly, uh, it was nice to hear Tori Wilson thank Kevin Nash and uh, Hulk Hogan. I thought that was really cool. Um, it was very, very cool. I think it was it was a Harlem Heat that thanked Darn Anderson. Um, and it's like you know, again, one of those nights where all the people that are in the ring are saying the wrong things, but they're saying the right things, And that's what I like is it's the one night where you get almost an actual look at the real history of wrestling, not just Vince McMahon's version of it. Um, And I guess, you know, tip of the hat to Vince McMahon, if he can compromise and let them have their real history for one night only. Well, you keep saying the term one night only. They should actually name the ceremony one night only um, because it's true. You see people in character that you would not regular, regularly see or typically see. People who are never mentioned are seen or talked about for one night only, so maybe it should yeah. be called that. Maybe. Speaking of Hulk Hogan, he inducted Brutus Beefcake, and I will say this. It was the single least uh, impactful Hulk Hogan appearance ever. <laughs> I'm sure Brother Brutai would appreciate that, Darren. I, I just feel like, I mean, Hulk Hogan, it, he's a living cartoon character. He's a Muppet. He's a living superhero. He is, you know, he's larger than life, and yet, and he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But yet he came out here on this night and like he didn't say much. And when he was done, I was like, wait, did Hulk Hogan come out? <laughs> right, right. And then unfortunately he was introducing Brutus who really – the when I talk about one night only and I talk about breaking kayfabe and being natural and giving real credit to where it's due in the business and that sort of thing. And Brutus completely botched that. Brutus Beefcake came out there in character as the fucking barber. 
That's who he is, Darren. That is the real but, Brutus. But we know that it's not. We know that it's not because of like every time he wants to get mad at Hulk Hogan or every time he and Greg Valentine get wasted down in Daytona, we get some tweet <laughs> or some YouTube video or some leaked message, uh, you know, some email that's been got, gotten out somehow from somebody's attorney. And we know that that's not who Brutus Beefcake is. Ed Leslie is like a sad, jealous man. And yet Brutus Beefcake, Brutus the Barber Beefcake is who we got at the Hall of Fame. And I didn't like it. I didn't like him up there with his, you know. All right. Him standing there in an actual tuxedo was like more kayfabe than the honky tonk man wearing his fucking ring gear. Sure. It, it, it should have been like a totally mesh uh, three-piece suit that he was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> That's more of a Brutus thing. No, but I, I, th I think you just said it, Darren. You said Ed Leslie was a very sad, jealous man, but Brutus Barb Beefcake is a very happy, uh, you know, character. So it's kind of like, don't you want to see that instead of like, well, guys, uh, it's been downhill since, <laughs> since I left wrestling. It's like, oh, God, I don't want to hear that. Um, You're right. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. Sure. It's like I, it's I, maybe he knows that people kind of know that he you know doesn't have the the best life in the world post wrestling. So it's like, hey, remember the good times and only the good times. So I can see why he did that. Um, so yeah, it is what it is. So Degeneration X were your headliners, and they came out, and it was like they were given like a one hour stand-up comedy show is what it seemed like it seemed like bad improv like i was at a bad improv show <laughs> fair enough um is it um th <laughs> this will lend itself to uh when we talk about bret hart uh at a few moments but uh so bret hart goes into the uh the hall of fame a second time this time with anvil hart foundation or whatever uh, totally overshadowed by DX, um, and, and that, and which is funny because it's a throwback to the actual time that Bret Hart was like WWF champion, and then DX is all over the place, you know, doing the suckets and and you know acting like assholes, and Bret Hart's just like, oh, you degenerates, um, and that was no more apparent than at WrestleMania when they brought out the graduating class 2019. And, like, everyone's kind of standing there like, oh, and this person. And they wave and wave. Okay, and you. And they wave and they wave. And are you ready? And DX comes out and they're literally, they could have come out in, like, a rodeo clown car and gotten out and started running around because that's exactly what happened. And they're, like, running around in circles and Bret Hart's just like, God, is it fucking 1998? Like, I mean, like, seriously, like, or, or I guess more actually 97. Um, but anyway, it, to me, that was just like, God, <laughs> Bret Hart just can't escape DX, can he? Um, and there's there, Shawn Michaels, his mortal enemy, um, you know, and things might be fine now, but they most certainly were not uh, back then. So I don't know. To me, that was just kind of like, oh, it's like in his face. <laughs> You're absolutely right. That is a very good observation. I didn't even really think about it in those terms, so I'm sitting here laughing my ass off right now because uh, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. 
And oh man, now I feel even worse for Brett. But well, <laughs> get ready to feel even worse for Brett. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I've been feeling bad for Brett for a couple weeks now. So like DX, like I said, bad improv show. Even a bad improv show has a few funny jokes. So I did appreciate uh, some parts of this. Some of the jokes were, were funny. Making fun of Billy Gunn, really roasting Billy Gunn hard. Um, making a lot of AEW references. I thought the Road Dog was pretty sharp, but then again, he's always been pretty sharp. I thought Triple H had a couple of zingers, but as usual, as always, Triple H uh, tries too hard. Um, and then Shawn Michaels, I mean, I haven't been a fan of Shawn Michaels in many years. Wow. Like, wow. To be such a... To be such a big fan of him, of the majority of his career, after about the first year of his comeback, uh, after having taken several years off following WrestleMania 14, I just never cared for him again. And these wow. days, these days I appreciate his contributions that he's doing at NXT, but I don't want him on my TV screen, not at all. And um, so anyway, that, that, I don't know how else you feel about the DX segment, but I felt that it went on way, way, way too long. I think most people would agree with that. Yes. All right. So the Heart Foundation. <laughs> the Heart. This is in the middle of the show. The Heart Foundation being inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame, and we don't have to go back into it, but obviously this version did not include Jimmy Hart. It did not include Davy Boy Smith, Owen Hart, or uh, Brian, Brian Pillman. Pillman. Yeah. This is just Brett and Anvil. I was really, really excited that Brett mentioned that Jimmy Hart should be up there with them. That made me very happy. Because I said before, if you're not going to put in the five-man version, if you're going to insist on it being that 1980s tag team of the Hart Foundation, then you have to put Jimmy Hart in. So good for Brett for mentioning him. Uh, I thought Natalia was remarkably composed. Much like Tori Wilson, because I'm going to tell you right now, if you stuck me in a ring in front of 8,000 people and who knows how big of a television audience in front of my friends and I'm already emotional for all of the attention that's being put on me and my father has recently passed away, first of all, I'm probably going to no-show the event because I know I'm just going to be inconsolable. Second of all, if I do get forced up on that uh, stage somehow, I would just be a wreck. I mean, truly a wreck. So much like Tori Wilson um, was amazingly composed, so was Natalia. It was really cool to hear her speak about her father. Jim Neidhart, I think, totally, totally deserves this induction. Um, wish he could have gone in by himself, but he didn't. All right. Now here's the deal. <laughs> So it's Brett's turn to talk, right? Now, Brett has suffered a stroke. Uh, Brett is a cancer survivor. Brett suffered a career-ending, debilitating concussion. Uh, he's, he's a very angry person. He's not well. And uh, at this point, he's borderline fragile. And some asshole decided it would be a good idea to rush the ring at the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony and attempt to tackle Bret Hart. Why? Not attempt successfully tackled Bret Hart. 
Um, and of course, it's all on tape. Um, and it's a horrible ordeal. And I couldn't help but think, of course this happens to Bret Hart. Because Bret Hart has the worst luck in all of wrestling. Um, and again, that goes back to the whole DX thing. Like, and of course, DX, this faction that overshadowed him, you know, on his final <laughs> run as champion, is the highlighting, like the main eventing, you know, uh, group going in. And of course, he gets tackled by some crazed asshole from the fan at the induction ceremony, uh, which does lead to an injury. Like he he hurt his ankle. Uh, he had to go to the ER afterward, um, which uh, I wonder if that changed how things went at Mania because he came out with uh, Beth Phoenix and Natalia. They played his music and everything, but he kind of just stops, you know, at the entryway, and then they go on without him. But I wonder because of his ankle, like, was he meant to like go to the ring and be ringside the entire time? Because that would have been more impactful. Um, so That's I, actually, yeah, again, really keen observation there. Yeah, I thought of that uh, while watching WrestleMania. Uh, but the only cool thing about this whole ordeal, if there is a cool thing, is you immediately recognize the brotherhood of yes. wrestlers. Because Jesus fucking Christ, does this guy get attacked by about 30 fucking furious wrestling personnel who all get to this guy before one security guard makes it to this guy uh who the okay darren you you actually saw the video many many times and actually were able to pick it apart a bit better than than anyone that i know but i do know the first two people to actually get to this guy was it uh ronda rousey's uh uh boyfriend slash husband and uh shane mcmahon were they the first two that kind of hit the literally hit this guy <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Travis Brown, Rhonda's husband. Her and Shane McMahon were in there before security. They're in there before WWE handlers, agents. They're in there before building security. They're in there before police. It's <laughs> um, First of all, I think they had the best positioning. Based on where Travis Brown and Shane McMahon were sitting, they, they probably saw the guy as he was coming down the aisle, like, but yeah, the guy, this, this guy who's apparently a complete sicko in the head, judging by his Twitter is also self-proclaimed MMA fighter. Well, he's wearing this Ross, one of those bullshit Rastafarian. <laughs> of course he's so, wearing a Rastafarian cap with the fake dreadlocks. And like, Apparently, this guy is just a complete piece of shit, as if we needed further proof. I mean, just by this action uh, alone, it's clear clear that this guy is not well. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying not well. Oh, we should excuse him. He needs to uh, be taken to a clinic and evaluated medically. No, he needs to be taken to jail and beaten with a pillowcase full of soap. Sure. Right? Just put on my old man uh, pants for a second there. and Let me tell you how we used to take care of things. Uh, just a disclaimer, folks. Darren has never, quote, taken care of things like that. But to my knowledge, you've never taken a safe pillowcase full of soap. Well, it was liquid soap. Uh, so I don't think it had the, I don't think it had the desired effect. 
<laughs> but it felt weird. The guy said it just felt weird when he got hit with it. It was like getting hit with a giant Tide Pod. And then I ate the and whole thing. Then you challenged yourself 15. to eat it. Oh, man. And then I put it on Snapchat and TikTok and... <laughs> and look look at this. And uh, remember when. And uh, please pay attention to me. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite app. Please pay attention to me. Uh, well, that's, that's, that's what they all are. Um, says the guys who have a, a podcast. So, uh, <laughs> hey. hey. But yeah, man. Uh, so a lot of personnel hits the ring. I know the New Day jumps in. Uh, I know at least Dash uh, Dash Wilder jumps in. And uh, he, he, gets a, he gets some licks in. A lot of people get some licks in on this guy, I notice. A lot of guys uh, take some liberties on this young man. Uh, and you know what? Rightly so. Uh, you put yourself in that situation. But man, I, I just love watching the video and going, oh, they're so-and-so, they're so-and-so. Like, who else was in that that scuffle? Well, okay, after uh, Travis Brown and Shane McMahon got in there, and Shane is old school. Shane knows what's up. Like, he's done this, like, dozens of times. And so, like, Shane is just trying to get the guy on the ground motionless. Shane isn't trying to, like, get some licks in. Shane's just trying to, like, immobilize the guy. But while he's doing that, Travis Brown is beating this guy's ass. He is literally UFCing him. <laughs> he, he, is, he is unleashing his ground and pound game. And uh, about that time, all of the New Day hits the ring. Drake Maverick hits the ring. Um, Mac, uh, Drew McIntyre, Heath Slater, Edge, um, Steve Carino. Uh, it was funny. About that time, Davy Boy Smith came flying out of the like, <laughs> like flying out of the rafters. And for a minute, because I hadn't seen the the photos, uh, the backstage photos of Davy Boy Smith Jr. in this bright yellow suit that he was wearing, uh, which he apparently lost the blazer on the way to the ring, so he just had on these bright yellow pants and like a, a tank top. So from a distance, I thought it was Teddy Hart. And I'm like, did they let Teddy Hart in the building? I was like, I, I, I thought he was truly persona non grata. But turns out it wasn't Teddy Hart. It was his cousin, uh, Harry <laughs> Smith, a.k.a. Davy Boy Jr. Um, and then a big show comes out. What was amazing, if you ever forget how big Paul White, a.k.a. the big show, a.k.a. the giant is, Harry Smith is an enormous man. Like, when Harry Smith wrestles in New Japan, he looks like Andre the Giant. And yet, when the Giant picks him up by his waist and moves him like he's a third grader, <laughs> remember just how damn big the big show really is. Um, Mustafa Ali, who apparently they're referring to only as Ali now, uh, showed his background uh, as a law enforcement officer. And much like Shane McMahon tried to remove this guy in a very fast, uh, efficient, um, non-abusive fashion. But meanwhile, the boys are certainly taking liberties with him. And it was Dash Wilder who gets what we, at least as far as on camera, we, we see as the final blow. And um, now Dash Wilder, of course, is wearing a tuxedo jacket with the Bret Hart logo on the back of it. 
So I'm assuming Dash Wilder is taking this whole thing personally. Yeah, I'm assuming uh, Dash Wilder is some kind of fan of Bret Hart's. Uh, so he really, he really the, came to yeah, his rescue. So, yeah, so they're carrying this idiot out, and Dash Wilder turns around and clocks him. And uh, the guy just coll- collapses. So, yeah, I mean, Wilder had to have knocked him out cold. But, um, yeah, it, this was uh, this was wild. This was really unfortunate. Um Again, it's sort of like deathmatch wrestling. Uh, if I had been watching this Hall of Fame ceremony when I was 17, 18 years old, I'd have probably laughed, like laughed at it. I'd have probably been like, ah, ha, 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 Bret Hart got attacked. But I'm, as a grown man, uh, <laughs> right. you know, I don't find vandalism cute anymore. I want the kids to get off my lawn. Uh, and I want, uh, you know, empty headed morons like this guy, uh, to stay the hell away from like, uh, national treasures. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, it was, it was, it was upsetting. It was, I, I was kind of fighting mad there for a few minutes watching that, uh, unfold on my television, but well, just know that anyway. Brett is okay enough. Um, no, no serious damage was done, and man, I'm just glad this guy did not have a knife, because he would have, he would have reached Bret Hart, um, so. That, you know, when you, when you put it that way, that's really scary. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if this guy had any kind of weapon, this could have, he could have killed Bret Hart. Or, an Italian, he was right there next to him, I mean, it could have been very bad. Uh, as it was, though, some good old-fashioned, you know, uh, the boys' justice uh, was dished out on this night. So, again, just very cool to see who all stormed the ring uh, in anger. Um, and, like, like again, brotherhood. Uh, because, I mean, wrestlers, have, you know, they have issues with each other, but there is certainly a brotherhood there. There is an understanding there. It is, it is a brotherhood. It is a fraternity. Um, it is a club. And uh, and you, it, it's guarded, even though it's not what it used to be. The, there's still a lot of uh, a lot of old school, uh, a lot of old school pack mentality is there. So, anyway, cool to see everyone come to Bret Hart's aid. Unfortunate that it happened, but uh, he's in the Hall of Fame, and so is Jim the Anvil Nightheart, and and well deserved as well. Across town, across the city, across New York City, from Brooklyn to Manhattan, we go. On that WrestleMania weekend on Saturday night in Madison Square Garden, of all places, the WWE did not have a show. But New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor held G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden. And damn, this was a card. And while we are not going to go match by match, blow by blow in describing this thing, uh, we would be remiss if we did not point out some of the reasons why this was such an incredible thing. Besides the fact that they booked Madison Square Garden right under Vince McMahon's nose. <laughs> uh, that might be the most incredible part of the whole thing. Uh, the Honor Rumble, which of course is their way of sort of like having the Andre the Giant Battle Royal at WrestleMania. Let's just get as many people as we can. Well, you know what? You know who needs mentioning? The Great Muda and Jushin Thunder Liger, who are squaring off at one point during the Honor Rumble, that's history. <laughs> I, I, mean, I almost feel like I'd have rather seen that moment in 
in person than anything else that happened in New York City that week. Oh, wow. Uh, like, that's that's very, very, very cool to me. Jushin Liger, I mean, Muda in his own way is timeless, but the years have worn him down. Liger, I mean, I feel like Liger could still have a match that he was capable of having 30 years ago. I think he's capable of still having it. Well, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's not fair because Jushin, you know, <laughs> Jushin Thunder Liger wears a mask so you can't see him age. Uh, but no, he can still go. That's that's for certain. You know, this is the kind of card that's just crazy because between uh, Ring of Honor talents and New Japan talents, the the card is really remarkable. Like the card is spectacular. Um, you know, all the people that fall into the Rumble match, including, like I said, Japanese greats like Muda and Liger. Then you have up and comers and like indie mainstays like Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay. I tell you this much, any pro wrestling card the week of WrestleMania where Dalton Castle is like a footnote and not a headliner, that's a hell of a card. Um, I will say if anything really disappointed me about G1 Supercard, it was that Dalton Castle just really did not get his moment in the sun. He was kind of squashed. Uh, and just kind of overlooked. And uh, I don't appreciate as a big Dalton Castle fan, I don't appreciate that. I tell you, um, probably one of the most talked about parts of the evening, though, definitely spotlighted and not overlooked, was the four-way tag team match with the Gorillas of Destiny taking on the team of PCO, which who would have ever imagined that Pierre Carl Ouellette would be back in this kind of position in 2019, tagging with Brody King, no less, uh, who we've seen, we've been watching Brody King in Fest Wrestling, in Wrestle Circus, and uh, now he's in Ring of Honor. Uh, Brody King is one big badass. Uh, the Gorillas of Destiny took on PCO, Brody King, Los Ingobernables de Japón, and the Briscoes. I mean, that is some international insanity right there. Sure, it's good As, to still see. It's good to still see ROH and New Japan and cahoots, um, but I, I still, it's still kind of odd because the AEW folk, the elite, uh, are not a part of that anymore. So it's again noticeable absences uh, for this one. It it is strange. It is strange to to not have any of those people on this, but I think it's still a testament to what New Japan has and what ring of honor has when it really counts that this card is so amazing now what's really i think one of the most talked about moments of the weekend happens uh in this four-way tag match when the artists formerly known as enzo and Cass, come out of the madison square garden crowd and attack uh mark briscoe of the briscoe brothers and uh, this results in a lot of Real ass looking mayhem. <laughs> uh, Bully Ray looked like he was Bubba Ray fighting his way out of the ECW arena after breaking Beulah McGillicuddy's neck. Like, I haven't seen Bully Ray, and he, Bully Ray is great. Like, his work punches are spectacular. His kayfabe work is great. You know, we, we've gotten into the habit about talking about like Kevin Owens and the Iconics and all that. Well, that tradition is as old as pro wrestling is. And a man who really embraces that 
is uh, is, is Bubba Ray Dudley or Bully Ray. Um, Mark LaMonica, I think is his name or something like that. His name is um, Bully Ray. <laughs> I It looks like Bully Ray is trying to kill Eric Arndt, uh, also known as Enzo Amore. And, uh, you know, suspend your disbelief. I, I bought into it for about half a second before I said, no, 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 no. No, they... Work. Yeah, no, they they did a really good job of uh, making you kind of second guess it. Had had big cast not been a part of it, I would have totally been worked on that, and I would have thought like, Enzo, you fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but because the big cast also uh, came to the ring with Enzo, it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, obviously, you know, obviously that that's a thing. So actually, because Enzo has been known more recently for just showing up at WWE events and like trying to. To like cause an uproar. So, anyway, but so well done because I read the headline. I didn't see Big Cast in the picture until later, um, but I was just like, "Oh no, what happened?" <laughs> no, I, I felt the same way, uh, uh, especially not knowing about Big Cast at first, and uh, Enzo being a New York City dweller these days. I guess um, <laughs> I think it was great. Apparently, the locker room did not think it was great. Um, and I think that middle management did not think it was great. I don't think this was a wrestling decision. I think this was a TV decision. Sinclair Media, who owns Ring of Honor, I think this was a Sinclair decision. Now, that reeks of Turner Broadcasting making decisions for WCW that were not necessarily wrestling-oriented or wrestling-minded. Instead, they were wrestling-adjacent. Sure. And they had to do with dollars and cents. But TV dollars and cents do not always equal wrestling dollars and cents and vice versa. So I think time will only tell. Um, if I had to give my, if I had to choose a side, I'm going to side with Sinclair. Because I think Ring of Honor, the, the days of it being uh, that truly, truly separate brand where uh, all the fights have the honor code and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Those days are, are long gone. Those days are long gone. Um, you know, ROH just is three letters now, much like WWE is just three letters, and you don't need different rules. You do need excitement, surprise, and shake-up. And that's what Enzo and Cass, I think, are bringing. Sure. I, th I think uh, ROH, by this point, they need to expand they need to grow or they need to go because they have been stagnant. Well, at least like five or so years, they haven't done anything new. Um, it's just they've just been kind of like showing up for TV. And it's like, you guys need to try harder. You know, you, you need to do more. So, you know, the, the acquisition of uh, Big Cass and Enzo Mori, whatever they're going to be called, uh, it's a good move um, because, you know, like them or, or not, they, they are... They have credibility. They have cachet. So that is what it is. Well, the G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden came to an end as Switchblade Jay White, the IWGP heavyweight champion and the leader, the new leader of the Bullet Club, defended his belt against former champion Kazuchika Okada, the Rainmaker. And Okada wins. That was awesome. 
Now that is a spectacular. There's a WrestleMania moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you said you've said recently on this podcast that uh, Okada without the belt doesn't seem right. You got your wish. Um, the only, I mean, it, it, at the expense of uh, Switchblade, unfortunately. But I, I have been very surprised how much the belt has been. The IWGP Heavyweight Championship belt does not get hot potatoed. It stays on people. But no, not lately it hasn't. Uh, from what? From Omega to uh, the Ace to Jay White to Okada. All within like, even within like Six months. That's way too much, especially for uh, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship belt. So they need to be careful with that. Something tells me Okada's going to hold on to it for a very long time. I am okay with that. Kazuchika Okada, the Rainmaker, as the IWGP Champion, gives me the warm and fuzzies. It gives me all the tingles. I trust it, and I love it. And uh, I like it. I love it. I want some more of it and i've got some more of it and hopefully we will have more to come but iwgp speaking of iwgp champions former iwgp junior heavyweight champion kushida a man out of time uh the man with the weird back to the future gimmick (laughs) (laughs) well he was at nxt takeover and he let the world know he was the newest signee that he'd be part of the class alongside Hector Garza Jr. and Shane Strickland. So Kushida moving from his homeland of Japan, trying to give the NXT WWE waters a try. And, um, you know, I'll never blame anyone for wanting to go to WWE. In this day and age, I'll also never blame anyone for wanting to leave uh, after things have not gone their way. But, uh, but, you know, Kushida's done about everything you can do in your first run with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Why not? While he's still young, go mix it up in Orlando. See what all you can do with NXT. And then maybe land a spot on Raw or SmackDown. Make you some big bucks. Get you some American exposure. And then after a few years, if you're not the champion, go back home. It's, it's, uh, it's good business. It's really is good business in my mind. So good on Kushida. Well, sure. I think Kushida maybe hit a glass ceiling in New Japan anyway. Uh, speaking of being stagnant, I mean, he he's doing what ROH apparently can't do, uh, which is realizing that it's time to kind of grow. Um, unfortunately, this meant he had to go. So he left New Japan, and now he's in WWE. And no one can fault you. Any wrestler, I mean, basically what you just said, um, any wrestler showing up in WWE... That is your ultimate destination. You know what I mean? Like, everyone needs to be able to... I mean, it just kind of is. It's a measurement of success. And you might get to WWE and they might not do anything with you at all. But the fact that you were there, I mean, that kind of proves to yourself that you were good enough to be, you know, part of that. Like I've said many times before, woven into the tapestry of the WWE history, uh, WWF history, whatever you want to call it, um, and then that's a very cool thing. So I, I will not fault anyone who wants to do that, even though you know you know there is bullshit down the road waiting for you. So that's just that's just how it is. Talk about woven into the tapestry. I know for a fact 
because uh, I remember it very well, you and I having multiple conversations with one Rich Bocchini. Um, Never about, heard of him. Uh, all about how, uh, you know, Rich maybe was burnt in the end uh, by WWE, but had uh, had his time in the sun. He really did. Sure. He got to go a lot of places, do a lot of things, meet a lot of people, uh, be heard by millions of people. His voice, his thoughts, um, and that's pretty damn cool. And uh, so it's cool uh, at any level, whether you're announcing or refereeing or wrestling or, or whatever. Um, all right, but now we're talking about all these arrivals, Kushida, Hector Garza, Shane Strickland. Before we get to the Superstar shakeup, let's talk about some issues uh, as far as arrivals and departures that don't have to do with the shakeup. First of all, the Road Dog is he's left his position as uh, one of the head writers of SmackDown Live. I thought he was riding high with that uh, Hall of Fame speech, but uh, what's the deal? Well, well I, I think you know more about this than I do. Uh, all I know is he's taking a sabbatical, and uh, he hasn't left the company. Uh, he left his position. Um, he he stepped down. I guess is more more ac- adequate. Um, but he he's going to come back and and find something else to do within the company. Maybe he thought it was really stressful. Um, so I mean, I assume it would be. But also, like, you know, he's, he's been pretty much go, 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 go for a very long time uh, in a pretty high uh, creative uh, position for a long time. So I can imagine anyone getting a little burned out from that. So, Well, you know, when I think of highly creative, I definitely think of the Voodoo Ken Mafia. Oh, sure. And- <laughs> oh, my God. Hashtag never forget. Um, I just remember those shoot interviews where they shit all over Triple H. Where <laughs> Brian James and Monty Sop shit all over Paul Levesque and Michael Hickenbottom. And then they stand on that stage 10 years later like they are the best of best of friends. A lot of forgiveness in the world of wrestling, Darren. Uh, it really is. I mean, it's kind of... It's kind of awesome, but it's also kind of bullshit. <laughs> oh, certainly, certainly. But I, I love, uh, I love Voodoo Ken Mafia. I just love, I love how bad that is. Like, I love how awful Voodoo Ken Mafia is. Oh my god. Well, all right. Good luck to Road Dog. Whatever happens, uh, Luke Harper. No, he's just, he's just Audi Five Thousand. I mean, he hasn't been released yet, but uh, Luke Harper just straight up asked for his release. Yeah, unhappy, and rightly so. Uh, disappeared ever since the Bludgeon Brothers just kind of evaporated. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they were uh, built up quite a bit, became tag champions. Then they realized they basically uh, wrote themselves into a corner because it was like, well, who's going to defeat the Bludgeon Brothers? And what do we do with them after they win the title belts? And what do we do with them after they lose the belts? And, and you know, Rowan showing up all of a sudden just as Daniel Bryan's buddy, uh, like-minded, eco-conscious buddy uh, that kind of left Luke Harper out in the cold. Poor Luke Harper was doing fine on his own until he was thrown into the Bludgeon Brothers gimmick, which you loved. And don't fucking front me, Darren. You loved it. 
Um, no, I, I was just waiting to uh, say my two cents. You, right. You no, know, no. You, re- remember, folks, he Darren loved the Bludgeon Brothers, hated Tori Wilson, but loved oh, the Bludgeon God. Brothers. Anywho, um, so no, Luke Harper, uh, fresh off of leaving the, the, the Wyatt family, was red hot. You could have booked him to fight Bray Wyatt for the belt in that short, very short window of time where Bray actually had the belt. Um, and it would have been fine, but uh, they kind of went, nah, you're not, you're not part of this, Luke. You just, uh, <laughs> I'm going to knock you down uh, to the lower, uh, the, the first hour or so of the show. And you're going to just disappear for a while and come back with uh, Rowan. Because even though the, the, uh, the Wyatt family is no longer a thing, we can't, we can't not have you two together. Uh, Harper and Rowan, apparently. So, uh, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally get why Luke Harper wants out. Uh, he hasn't been uh, used at all uh, in a very long time. And uh, he's capable of a lot more, sure. But, I mean, we've said it time and time again. It goes back to WWE being overly saturated with talent. Uh, but, sure, let, let's, let's, uh, let's hire more people. Sure, sounds good. I like it. A couple of years ago, Luke Harper absolutely should have had a straight-up solo program where he chased – uh, the the WWE title uh, being held by Bray Wyatt. Uh, it didn't happen because they were too interested in Randy uh, <laughs> being the one to mix it up with Bray, Bray and Randy. And, uh, and so, yeah, then they forced him into the Bludgeon Brothers thing, which I liked. I liked the Bludgeon Brothers. I will never deny them three times. I will never deny them one time. I like the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, it is one of those curious scenarios where Rowan is the one who got the push by being put with Brian and not Harper when I think Harper is the far superior talent. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and say, Harper, go sign with AEW. Be Brody Lee. Be somebody altogether different. Be awesome. Uh, I know you're capable of doing it. Well, and speaking of, of, you know, Rowan showing up and all of a sudden being Daniel Bryan's buddy, I was really expecting Luke Harper to show up eventually and just also be a, basically a dirty hippie because that's, that's the gimmick. Um, and Luke Harper kind of looks like that anyway, so it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but uh, it didn't happen, and Luke Harper just w- was never seen again. Uh, but speaking of Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan... Uh, not doing so well following his uh, WrestleMania match with Kofi Kingston. I thought it was just smart TV to kind of leave Daniel Bryan off the air for a while, let him like lick his wounds or recover, and you know, uh, as Kofi is the champion now. Uh, but no, apparently he was injured. The uh, the nature of his injuries have not yet been revealed. Uh, but it you know it's never good when someone misses uh, TV time due to injuries. Is that, uh, is that how eco-minded Daniel Bryan is? He doesn't even use bandages. He licks his wounds. He literally so- licks his wounds. His, uh, he bleeds antiseptic. And, uh... <laughs> I, don't I don't know if that's really healthy. Well, he's, he's very healthy, so he would know, Darren. I guess uh, he is the himself, and I'm not him, for what that's worth. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm upset because I'm a Daniel Bryan fan, and I also don't think that Kofi Kingston should be the champion. Here we go. Here we go, folks. Here we go. The fact that one causes the other 
just makes me doubly unhappy. So I sincerely, sincerely hope this is not some actual injury to Daniel Bryan uh, along the lines of something that ended his career previously. Maybe it's just, oh, I, uh, I bumped my elbow a little too hard or I've got a, you know, a deep, a deep bruise or something like that. Like, I, I, I hope it's nothing that's going to threaten his career again already. Because um, if it did, that would remind me way too much of WrestleMania 30 and then 31, where it was like he comes back for eight to ten months at a time and then has to stop wrestling. Um, so best wishes for Daniel Bryan. Now, um, Sheamus also injured, which you're probably thrilled about because of how much you hate Sheamus. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate, yes. Oh, ooh, um, ooh, I called your bluff. Ooh. Now you know I love Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh, yeah, Sheamus uh, suffered a concussion um, the last, uh, I guess the second to last SmackDown? I don't know anymore. Uh, so yeah, anyway, uh, during in-ring action on SmackDown Live, Sheamus uh, suffered a concussion, which he's, you know, taking a little bit of time off to kind of recover from that. Uh, concussions are no fun. Uh, I wouldn't know, but I assume they're no fun. They seem like they wouldn't be any kind of fun, but um, it's it's maybe nice. I, I don't know. There's plenty of mainstays on WWE television that kind of show up, you know, every week. And I don't want to say take it for granted, but at the same time, it's kind of like they haven't done a lot with the bar lately. They've been kind of like the fall guys uh, lately. They, I mean, they, they pushed Kofi and the New Day to the moon, you know, Especially when they had you know, uh, Xavier uh, Woods and Big E destroy most of the roster of SmackDown Live so Kofi could earn his WrestleMania spot. Um, as cool as that seems, they kind of buried a lot of talent along the way. Um, the bar kind of got a little buried-ish um, so that Kofi may have his uh, meteoric rise to, to power. That's one thing I do not like about Kofi becoming champion is... Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people are kind of thrown to the wayside, and it's like they've only ever done right by the New Day. Uh, and again, <laughs> don't you for a second think that the fucking New Day has not gone very far in WWE? Because that's just not true. Um, and they sell plenty of merchandise as well. The T-shirts are like some of the biggest sellers, and other New Day merch as well. So they make a lot of money. Uh, they have a lot of accolades. Uh, so there's that, but I mean, yeah, a lot of tag teams and people kind of got like thrown to the wayside. So it all could happen. I was like, oh man, do we need to knock Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura down further than they've already gone, um, at this point, but the bar, unfortunately we're, we're kind of caught up in that. So it's a good thing that Sheamus can kind of take a little bit of time away from being more or less a whipping boy. Um, you know, it's, you know, that's Jason Cade's job. Am I right, Darren? It is. It totally is Jason Cade's job. There you go. You know, speaking of whipping boys, uh, Jason Cade? I think Sasha. Yes, yeah, I think that uh, Sasha Banks believes she's a whipping girl. Um, what is the deal with this? Sasha unfollows WWE on social media, starts following AEW. Uh, there's all these reports of her like uh, basically doing like a like a lay in or a sit in, like a refusal to drop her tag belt. Um, her showing her ass all WrestleMania weekend and just, you know, saying stupid shit and like, uh, 
And then, of course, bringing Bailey, you know, trying to bring Bailey down or bring Bailey into it as well. And, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, we've said it before. I don't know how Sasha can possibly do this uh, with a straight face because she's been given the moon. People forget, Darren. Um, and it, it's a, like I said, it's a case of Randy Ortonitis where you get way too much early on. You're gonna feel like you're not being used to. I don't think Randy Orton feels that way though. I, I won't. I won't say that is this case, but they did literally give Sasha the moon uh, in the beginning. Obviously, her her feud with Charlotte was really hot, and you know you heard a lot of uh, this. The first times, whatever, like Sasha would have some kind of match with Charlotte. Uh, so Sasha got really, really used to that. Her her title runs were bullshit. I gotta say. Uh, for her sake, because she never held on to the belt for any uh, reasonable amount of time before Charlotte just got the belt back. And I, I will always say that that was really uncalled for. Um, but uh, she held the belt many times over. Uh, so for her to be like... And she did, she she just became the first like women's... Like one half of the first women's tag team, uh, you know, to, to hold those belts. So... For her to say, like, nope, they owe me something is kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, so no one's going to side with Sasha on that. Yeah, I hope not, anyway. And if she decides to leave, then uh, less power to her. She should. Okay. She should leave. She should go to AEW and have some cool matches or go anywhere else. And, God, if Sasha Banks showed up in New Japan, like, how cool would that be? Like, she could go do some awesome things. and You know they'd take her back in a minute at WWE so but she knows she knows she's at the top of the mountain and she's been spoiled by the WWE machine she ain't going nowhere WWE will call that bluff in a second yeah and they should and she should learn her lesson from this and uh this this needs to go away quickly because she's gonna look like a really spoiled bitch there's no, there's an expression that you've used several times, and I've kind of adopted it because you use it, uh, which is uh, she needs to know uh, which side her bread is buttered on. Um, Absolutely, and I think that that does apply here. I won't call her a spoiled bitch because that's a bit severe, but she <laughs> needs to realize uh, what side her bread is buttered on. So, and jellied on, and all kinds of delicious stuff because. They gave her plenty. Thank you. Well, I, you know, I, I'm curious. Maybe, you know, I don't think she's ready for this jelly. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so how about the superstar shakeup? How about it? Now, this provides a lot of comings and goings, arrivals and departures, uh, a lot of shifting of gears. And, of course, this is all done within the realm of kayfabe. This is all written and scripted by WWE writers, bookers, and uh, administration, uh, which we collectively refer to on the show as Vince and Friends. And um, I say let's just tackle it as far as each brand, Raw and SmackDown. Now, the NXT and 205 situation is a little more complicated, so we're just going to say who's going to Raw, and then we'll say who's going to SmackDown. And we'll discuss it a little bit. What do you say? That sounds like good. Okay, good. So, who is headed to Raw that was not on Raw? Well, the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. The Miz. Ricky and Allie. 
a.k.a. Ricochet and Aleister Black. Andrade, formerly known as Andrade Cien Almas, uh, as well as his lovely valet, Zelina Vega. I, I like that they're not being split up. Rey Mysterio, EC3, The Usos, Naomi, Cedric Alexander, Samoa Joe, and the United States title, thereby. Eric Young, Nikki Cross, and Killian Dane, but not Alexander Wolf. They left Alexander Wolf behind? Are you kidding me? Apparently, Wolf is headed back to NXT. What? Yeah. Um, apparently, Wolf is headed back to NXT. Wow. Now, that actually might be a better fate. I, I don't think Wolf should be taken away from Sanity. I don't think Sanity was well. I don't not. I don't have to think. I know Sanity was not given a chance on the main roster. They could have been serious business. Sanity as it was in NXT with Eric Young, Killian Dane, Alexander Wolfe, and Nikki Cross were fascinating, ferocious, and I think they put butts in seats. They they were highly entertaining, and uh, we never saw it on the main roster, and I'm afraid we never will. Um. But even so, Alexander Wolf may have a better fate than the Viking experience. Yeah. Uh, this stupid. The Viking experience, formerly known as the War Raiders, which were NXT Tag Champions, but they don't mention that at all. What's going on there? They, they must have dropped them at a house show that we're unaware of. They didn't, though. Okay. Yeah, they the War Raiders, Rowan Hansen, are the NXT Tag Team Champions. However, Ivor and Eric, the Viking experience, who look exactly like the War Raiders, Hansen and Row, <laughs> are going to Raw, or are on Raw. And I, I, I literally feel sick to my stomach. I literally feel nauseated literally not figuratively right at this moment i feel like i could throw up because of that name yeah uh i'll say two things one i told you if vince mcmahon feasted his eyeballs on war raiders he'd want them for his show i was right uh two whoever named them the viking experience uh fired them immediately uh, because th that that right there is a weak link in your creative right there, right off the bat. Uh, fire them and uh, make make them leave uh, from the highest floor of Titan Towers um, in the elevator. But make sure the elevator isn't actually there, and they just fall to their death uh, in the. <laughs> I agree. No, that's how much I hate this name, and that Me is too. that is everything wrong with WWE creative summed up right there. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of the War Raiders, of War Machine, whatever you want to call them, except for Viking Experience. You can call them anything except for Viking Experience. You can literally call them anything else. You can you can change their gimmick. To something that is in no way related to Vikings, so that you don't have to call them the Viking experience. Yeah, I would rather them be mimes than the Viking experience. 
a wrestling mime tag team. Sure. Uh, it would be better than the Viking experience. You could even call it the mime experience. <laughs> and it would be better than turning the War Raiders into the Viking experience. <laughs> I am so upset by this. Like, I don't even care. I don't even care about the fact that AJ Styles on Raw is pretty cool. I don't care that The Miz being back on Raw is pretty cool because The Miz belongs on Raw. Um, I don't even care that we might get to see, you know, a primetime uh, cop drama, Ricky and Allie, move to Monday nights. <laughs> I don't even care about Mysterio and Lacey Evans. Did I even mention Lacey Evans before? Yeah. Lacey, Lacey Evans, apparently too raw. I thought she was on raw. So Well, she kind of floated. I, she showed up everywhere. I also thought, when is she going to wrestle? Um, <laughs> but I, I really, out of this whole thing, out of this whole shakeup on the raw end of things, all I can do is fret over this Viking experience. Sure. Uh, I will say real quick of Lacey Evans, what you called Macy Evans on accident uh, two episodes ago, and a, a, a listener did point that out to me, because I thought that I heard that uh, listening back to the episode, but I was like, oh, maybe maybe not. But then he noticed it, and I was like, oh, damn it. Um, shout out to Roshan. Uh, <laughs> well, well, let me tell you something, Roshan. Well, that had to explain uh, that, yeah, he, she was once Macy Evans, so it's, it's very confusing. It's very confusing. She has a lot of names, and they're very close. They're all very close, but also... She was Lacey. She's Lacey now, but she also used to be Macy. Before that, she was Tracy. <laughs> Stacy. Right, and right. Then she, she was Casey. Uh-huh, yes. It's all, that's all accurate. Uh, no, but I, 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 I've, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to reiterate this about Lacey Evans. She is getting the push that Mandy Rose was supposed to get. Because like I said, oh, what's this? A taller more fit version of Mandy Rose. Okay, yeah, you're going to get the push. You're you're Mandy who? These are Vince's words by the way. So yeah, I think I think she's about to get a huge push. Um so and like I said the, the writing was on the wall for that one for a while. So don't, I don't know where that leaves Mandy Rose. She's not going to get fired anytime soon because she's an asset, but still. Um yeah. Uh, I speaking of bully Ray and I don't know who keeps asking him like it not like I mean I think I think he's a cool guy. I think he's a great wrestler, but like it's amazing how often Bully Ray gets asked about WWE booking decisions. And he was actually asked about Lacey Evans and uh, he said, Oh yeah, they're about to strap a rocket to her. This is this is about to be the year of Lacey Evans. Oh yeah, well, I mean that's all the all the build up. All the uh Emelina esque build up. Uh, but actually, you know, sticking with it. So, yes. All right. So, the Superstar Shakeup sent the following people to SmackDown. Roman Reigns. Uh, holy shit. Yeah, that, that's absolutely a big deal. Sure. Intercontinental Champion Finn Balor. Elias, which really surprises me because Elias seems like a Lacey Evans-level project that they truly believe in. And while he's done huge things already, he certainly has not like reached like a crescendo. 
uh, music, pun intended. Um, and now you're going to send him to SmackDown now? Well, they don't let him wrestle. He basically comes out and makes funny and then gets t- typically gets beaten up. Um, I mean, don't even get me started on his annihilation at the hands, or I say the mouth of the Doctor of Thugonomics, John Cena at WrestleMania 35. But um, yeah. Bailey. So maybe this is a response to uh, Sasha and Bailey's uh, obstinance. Um, Bailey sent, but not Sasha. Ember Moon, Kyrie Sane. Now, the interesting thing about Kyrie Sane is that she was introduced not only as a new member of SmackDown Live, but as the tag team partner of Asuka Boo. under the guidance of Paige. Ooh, everything about that is the worst. Lars Sullivan um, was announced on Monday as a member of Raw and then announced on Tuesday as a member of SmackDown. Yeah, that all makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Bloody Betty Murphy. Yeah, leave him behind 205. He must have put on some weight. <laughs> he gained one pound, and now that he weighs 206 pounds... That's all it takes. Sorry. It's not called... 206 Live, Darren. It's not. It's not called that. Liv Morgan and This Breaks My Heart. The Riot Squad is no more, or at least not in its original form. Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan stay on Monday Night Raw, and yet Liv Morgan is shook up. She's all shook up. (laughs) She's sent to SmackDown Live. Same with Chad Gable. He is... Uh, decoupled uh, from Bobby Roode's side and will Chad Gable remain glorious all on his own? Uh, Why would they make this decision? They've already made robes for Chad Gable. They've taught him the choreography. (laughs) You stand there and then the the platform turns for you and then you get down. Uh, But you have to know how many times to spend your Oh, sure, sure, sure. I think it'd be actually kind of funny if with Chad Gable, since they're not going to take him seriously as a wrestler, if his gimmick became tagging up with people but taking on their gimmick every time, to me that would be kind of funny. Um, that would be But if not, then just make him a serious wrestler because uh, he's actually a very good wrestler. Oh, yeah, let's, let's actually go with that idea. Okay, okay. Apollo Crews, Mickey James... And heavy machinery. And also the Viking experience, because they hated the name so much, they sent them to SmackDown to get the the backlash from the fans. Yeah, but it's not not the same. They just renamed heavy machinery the Viking experience. (laughs) The heavy experience. Oh, my God. (sighs) The the heavy experience. The, The... Two fatter than normal guys experience. Wow. Wow. Again, Darren, you've done far more damage than I ever could. They just come out to Are You Experienced by Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> Are you experienced? Ding, 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 ding. I have. <laughs> so I'm sure that there's actually more fallout than this. I'm sure there's actually more shakeup than this. These are the lists that WWE.com has actually put out uh, in support of the shakeup. 
Um, they didn't include Samoa Joe. I tacked that on there. Well, it makes Samoa sense. Joe. Yeah, it makes sense because the IC belt went to SmackDown. They're not going to have both the Intercontinental title and the Continental title on the same uh-huh. show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Samoa Joe apparently missed television this week uh, due to illness. Uh, and that must have been pretty severe illness um, for him not to. I mean, because he, he could have at least shown up and not and not wrestled. Uh, so uh, I hope he's okay. You mean WrestleMania 35? <laughs> yeah. If he's seriously <laughs> ill, uh, you know, if Joe actually is ill enough that uh, as a champion doesn't attend. Uh, rather important Raw SmackDown. Yeah, who are you, Brock Lesnar? Yeah. Yeah, who are you, Mauro Ronaldo? I'm JBL. You're an idiot and you're <laughs> Mental illness is all in your head, literally. Really? Now, where's my soap? <laughs> I'd say my hand's getting soap and just thinking about you. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, JBL might be somebody who actually... Fills a pillowcase with liquid soap and hits you with it. <laughs> that that's a JBL's version of trickle down economics. If uh, <laughs> head with a pillowcase full of liquid soap, it'll eventually drain down into your ass crack, and his hands are, will be right there waiting on it. It'll trickle down the trickle down of the suds, the soapy suds. Uh, and JBL is just salivating if he's listening right now. He's his hand. It's like if you hear somebody talking about you and your ears are are, are burning. Right now, JBL's hands are burning. He was like, man, he's like, man, oh my god, I wish I could get my hands on some soap and then on some man ass right now. Instead of instead of uh, his ears burning, his ears are getting soapy. <laughs> Yes. Oh he's no, my ears are getting soapy. Someone's talking about me. He's he's on some panel on MSNBC, and soap just starts. <laughs> out oh, like, please happen. Please happen. What's wrong, what's wrong with your ears, Justin Shaw? Ah, he was like, every time my ears get sudsy. A new recruit gets molested in the world. (laughs) Jesus. All right, moving on. Hey, hey, if never before, more true than now, inspired by true events. Sure, sure, absolutely. JBL is a horrible person. But we don't make things up. We call things right down the middle. This is true. This is very true. Oh, man. So the Superstar Shake-Up did happen, folks. A lot of things were shooken up. Roman Reigns... Getting moved to SmackDown Live is very surprising. I thought for sure he was in a, a head-on collision course with uh, Seth Rollins for that Universal title, but that's not even a, a possibility, which makes me think the Universal title might be going the way of the Dodo, as you sometimes say, Darren. Um, so that's that. I mean, I, I assume AJ Styles moved on to Raw to challenge Seth Rollins for that belt. Do we want to see AJ Styles another championship program? I don't either, um, especially because he just had the belt for over a year. Um, anywho, that is that. 
That is that. Well, we covered a lot of ground today, but uh, it was all stuff that really I think our listeners, our dear listeners, uh, really needed to hear us chime in and uh, and know exactly how we felt about these things. Uh, because a lot of this stuff, like I said, sort of like if this is going to be the year of Lacey Evans, uh, if this is going to be the year of uh, whomever, uh, of Enzo and Cass, like this is where it begins. And if we don't talk about it now, then uh, then we won't have a, a starting place. We won't have the starting gun. And nobody wants to come in on the middle of a race. This is true. Very true. Uh, did the superstar shakeup leave you shaken up? Let us know. There's a lot of ways you can let us know. Find us on Twitter at Refn Show Podcast. That's R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook. Like and share. We would appreciate that. Send us an email by way of Gmail. The whole reference show at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Or on the Instagram, we are The Whole Refn Show. And we have a lot of fun on Instagram, and a lot of you leave us good comments and send us messages on there. I'm the one who's checking those, and uh, I, it's exciting every time I get that little uh, a little red alert button. So you guys are great on Instagram. Please keep it up. And if you've got a whole Ref and Show t-shirt, take a picture of yourself wearing it somewhere cool. You know, be like Tom Brain. Hashtag be like Tom Brain. <laughs> Wow. Shout out to Tom Breen. And that is that, ladies and gentlemen. We do appreciate you joining us here on our 124th venture out into the wild, wacky world of wrestling. And uh, as always, we are, of course, calling it right down the middle because that's who we are, ladies and gentlemen. The whole ref and show, the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. So until next time, my name is the incredible badass that is Perry Smith. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. The above-average badass that is Perry Smith. And in case you're trying to get me to stop saying it, it's not going to work. I am the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. And we're going to catch you next time, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for stopping by. Hashtag dear listeners. We'll see you when we see you. So long. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, Samoa Joe apparently missed television this week uh, due to illness. Uh, and that must have been pretty severe illness um, for him not to. I mean, because he, he could have at least shown up and not and not wrestled. Uh, so uh, I hope he's okay. You mean WrestleMania 35? <laughs> yeah. If he's seriously <laughs> ill, I'll uh, uh.